Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. Welcome to The Sale Ring. I got my foot caught in the cord. I saw that. <laughs> Help! Better around your neck. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, got, I got this. Uh, we got a cord dangling down here. Got to do a little um, cord maintenance. There's mm-hmm. a. You got to get some zip ties. Got to get some in. zip ties in here and get to work. We uh, we have a podcast booth, a podcast table for those of you that are not actually looking at this right now. And I've got uh, about We're a foot of cord for that someday. <laughs> wrapped around my foot down here. I'm about to jerk everything off on the floor. So. We want to welcome Mr. Travis Homley into the studio. Trina and I were uh, fortunate to have Travis in, in town here in the Kansas City um, this week, and he was gracious enough to come by the studio and, and step in and have some conversation with us. So thank well, I you. I appreciate the invite. Oh, you kidding? Thanks. Uh, Got me out a, of the class. That's a long <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we won't tell anybody you said yeah, that. We yeah. were talking TikTok, and I was like, I'm out. Gotta <laughs> go. Gotta go, guys. Good thing we're recording. That's funny, because we just had a TikTok episode. Literally, like, Two episodes episode before was, this yeah. about how valuable TikTok yeah. is. He oh, goes, oh, he said TikTok, I'm out. It is valuable. I for somebody, yeah. Let me ask you this: because you uh, you're making waves out there in a positive way, you're making big waves, good things in the real estate and auction industry. I'm going to make an assumption that you have somebody to do TikTok for you. I don't know if we're really on TikTok as much as we are on the other social media sites, but uh, my office handles all the the social media and everything. Well, have we got a podcast show for you? (laughs) (laughs) It's packed full of TikTok information. Uh, It is, yes. No, I I do have some agents that are using it, and uh, they are getting a lot of kind of positive feedback and leads, and it's just in the interim of... TikTok, I was kind of like, yeah, this is just where kids play around. And, yeah, you know, that's what I do. I literally yesterday got on a four-hour doom scroll on TikTok for literally four hours last night. I sat and watched some cats watch music. That's all I was doing for okay. four hours that yesterday. That might be my fear, Trina. It's, yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> and I remember back in the day when we called that a coma. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> today doom it's, scrolling nowadays. I'm today it's cats there. watching music. MySpace well, is still men. in my program. <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to 2023, yeah, Travis. Right. I will say that, um, and I'm glad you mentioned agents because uh, we got a great episode. We're going to talk with you today um, about agents. And Back to TikTok real quick. There's a guy at the home office here in the marketing team, and he is... Uh, doing extremely well with TikTok, and he'll be the first person to tell you that the majority of watchers and likes that are on there are people that are maybe casually doom scrolling, watching cats Mm -hmm. sing songs or whatever you just said. I mean, they're just kind of, they're scrolling through. But then you're capturing some information from them, and it's the funnel system, and it's about distilling that down and saying... uh, Let's say that you have a property video, a TikTok property video, and you get, you know, 63,000 people have viewed that video. Mm-hmm. But there's 50 of those people that said, I'd like more information about that. I'm interested in that. They kind of start going into a funnel, and then you ask more from them. Said, well, if you'd like information, can you provide us with this, this, and this? And out of that 50, maybe there's five mm-hmm. or seven people that fill that out, and they're coming through the bottom of that funnel. Those people have some genuine interest. You went from 63,000, you know, of course, hypothetical numbers, but you're distilling that down to 50 people, down to seven people. But those seven, I, I wouldn't mind talking to. Yeah. Well, and I look at it as the influers, influencers of social media. We think of the people that are, you know, posting stuff. But the influencers we're looking for in social media are the sons and Mm -hmm. daughters and grandchildren of the people that can invest in real estate. They're the ones that are seeing this and bringing it to To their parents parents or or grandparents. Yeah, Yeah, that's a fair statement. So if your clientele is people that are 50 and older, 
you you look at it in a different way. You're not going to attract those people via TikTok as much as you're going to attract their kids Mm -hmm. and, you know, the younger generations in their family. Um, I I got a deal going on right now that um, the son saw some stuff we did on Facebook, Mm -hmm. and now the uncle who lives in Washington is talking to us about properties. Yeah. And okay. uh, so I, I think social media, you have to dig down a little bit more. The, the older generation isn't on it as much and watching those. But the people that talk to them, and I mean, if it's like in the auction industry. When we started online auctions, Sean, it's like, well, I'm 70 years old and I've never been on a computer. Do you have a grandson? Yeah. Or, you know, a, <laughs> you got someone you know, that can yeah. help you. Well, yeah. yeah. And then the next thing you know, they become an avid bidder mm-hmm. yep. after they do it once. So mm-hmm. it's it's getting them engaged in different ways. That's that's it. It's about exposure and engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just getting them engaged with it. So, I mean, you, you got to look at all different platforms when you're doing it and hopefully you attract the right audience. Well, yeah. you know, the... 30 years ago, when I got in the business, one of the things that was uh, was said often back then is you never know where your next lead's coming from. You know, don't burn any bridges and, and contact everybody and never judge a book by its cover. You know, always, you know, expect the unexpected. And it's still relevant today. You yeah. never know where that lead's coming from. And it may be the grandson that told his folks or grandfolks out here about something he saw on TikTok. And that's what attracted the interest. He was the the lead into that, but he's not going to be the buyer. He's just he's sharing that information. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So yeah. it's very relevant. Um, TikTok, it sounds like we've got you convinced now to go back and start doing a lot of TikTok videos. So mission accomplished. I'll do the video. Somebody's got to post them. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, uh, I say I, we, Trina and I, wanted to talk to you about agents, agent recruiting today. And here's the reason why it's it's valuable and it's relevant. Um, agent recruitment is a mainstay in the real estate sector. Mm-hmm. You want to expand your business, expand your territories, expand your markets, expand your agent count, because there's only so much of you that you can do, you know, every day. You only have so many hours for one person. Two people should be able to do twice the work, three people, three times, and so on. Um, You're not just attracting agents, but you're focused on and attracting quality agents. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a discipline and got to be some strategy built into that. And uh, we'd like to visit with you about that today. It's like, how, how are you finding them and targeting them? And then when you do, when you engage in the conversation, uh, as we get into this conversation later, is like what what are the key elements or data points that they want to know about your company to come on board and stuff? But, but I, let's I, let's back up though. Let's mm-hmm. start with how do you find quality agents? Uh, looking for quality agents, um, a lot of the times you're dealing with agents in real estate. I mean, if you're a broker or a broker manager, the uh, the owner of the company and you're still doing real estate and transactions, you're running into these agents every single day. You have your other agents that are doing deals with them. Mm-hmm. You watch that other agent from another company, how, you know, how they do their contracts, you know, if they hit all the dates right and uh, how they treat your agent that they're dealing with or yourself. Yeah. If that's all smooth, they get a, they get a check mark in my recruiting book. Like we got to keep an eye on these people. We worked well with them, or let's keep working well with them. Um, you know, you can go in the MLS, see production if they're part of the MLS, and see you know have they been consistent over the last couple of years? Um, are they trying new things in the industry? When you find the the agent that's doing all that, and they check all those boxes. Now the next step I go into, will they fit our culture? Mm -hmm. Okay. That is one of the biggest points in our business. If there's an agent that is knocking the world out, but they're toxic, we won't even waste any more time with them. You don't want to bring somebody in to ruin your whole business just because they're a top performer. Right. Got it. And uh, 
nothing against them. I mean, that's the way they do business. But our culture, all the way from the top in United Country to each one of our offices, is a family type thing. And if yeah. people have to cannot be that family team player, they're not going to work well with us. Very good. Um, so, I mean, those are the top things that we look for. And then once we kind of identify that they fit all those criterias, we jump into the whole fact of now we start trying to find a way to go after them. Yeah. How can we turn their head? How how can we turn them, you know, turn their heads on that? So another question I'd have is for top agents is you're, you're identifying them, you're targeting them. Do you track them for a while? Do you kind of drip market to those agents or do you immediately go out and say, hey, would you like to have a conversation? Because there's a couple of different philosophies in that. I've had people that we've talked to in the past that said, well, I'd like for them to know who we are and that we're relevant. So they're just all of a sudden going to start getting a lot of stuff from me in their email. They're going to see me, social media channels, stuff. I'm directing stuff out to them prior to inviting them to come and speak with me because I think I'll be more relevant then. And then other people said, nah, nah, I'll cover all that when I meet. I just I just call them up. Listen, if it's somebody I want to say, hey, Travis, you want to meet? You know, I'll take you to lunch. What's your what's your style, man? I've done it both ways, Sean. Uh, it, and the drip, you know, drip campaigns and, you know, text messages and that and uh, Facebook and other social media targeting them. But sometimes you run into a situation where the time is right mm-hmm. and you just ask. Okay. And uh, that that's happened a few times where an agent or another broker that they need something and you have the the solution for them. So you just immediately tell them, well, we can help you with that. Yeah. And that gets things rolling. Got to strike so, while the iron's hot. Correct. Mm-hmm. You take yeah. the opportunity when the opportunity is there, but most of the time we try to find a common connection. Um, kind of like what LinkedIn does, you know, you got, three people deep that you're connected with. And uh, we try to find more information out about the person other than what their social media and work experience has been with them. And then just like you're doing with a listing, I mean, you always try to find that common denominator with that seller. Yeah. So you can relate to them. So they feel comfortable. That was our last episode, isn't it? Yeah. It, 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 yeah. it, Build, it building yeah. rapport. Yeah. Building, I mean, you do the same thing. It sounds thing like this guy's following our I podcast. Know, weird. It's like, it's I haven't really watched weird. that one, though. Hey, I love everything you have to <laughs> say. Like I'm going <laughs> to recite it back to you. Yeah, it, that, that's a lot of it. It's, it's just knowing, always keeping an eye out on who's out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this year, we've brought a lot more unseasoned agents on, but they've been in certain aspects of our niche marketing that they already have that network in place. Yeah. So those people were, lo- were identifying in the industry niche that we're going after. And so. then just training them up on, on how, how to list and sell after correct, that? Okay. Correct, correct. All right. You try to stay in your wheelhouse for your company. So um, you guys love to hunt. You love to recreate. You sell a lot of land properties. I'm sure there's some development land and, and things that are um, attributed to that. Some residential. But would you go after an agent that is a really, really strong commercial industrial agent? Or would they not really fit in your firm? I would say on a smaller scale, Sean, with that, I'm uh, you're dealing with the big corporate that are dealing with corporate leases and corporate sales. Yeah, I would lean away from those people in our business. We're looking at more, I would say, fifteen to ten thousand and under square foot buildings, strip malls, and things like that in rural communities. Okay, that uh, can help because a lot of the rural community manufacturing facilities you're going to get somebody locally or within a geographic area that you can handle that. You get into the bigger cities and you got a 60,000 square foot 
uh, retail space. We do have some tools for that, but that's kind of more for a bigger commercial organization. Okay. In, in, in our, in our, you know, in our business. Well, and I think you want to be fair to the agent too. If mm-hmm. you, you because you're going to, you're going to assert certain promises, you know, you're going to, you're going to obligate yourself to certain things when they come on board. You don't want to let them down. Correct. Yeah. You know, I don't want to set myself up for failure and promise you that we're going to do all of this stuff that I have. I'm just, I'm just not geared towards doing. Yeah. More light commercial is what we, I mean, we just basically highlighted is we do more light commercial. We do a lot, a lot of mom and pop restaurants and uh, office buildings and things like that throughout. Okay. So. You're also, we haven't mentioned this in the show, you're also an auctioneer. Mm-hmm. You, uh, I think um, your dad maybe had started years ago yeah. that auction company, and you grew up in that, and you've been a longtime auctioneer. So that has to um, broaden the horizons, I guess, for the company where you can serve another niche market like those restaurant liquidations, you have to get rid of all of the restaurant equipment, the FF&E, the, the furniture, fixtures, equipment out of the restaurant, and then sell the building. So having that turnkey service has got to be advantageous for, especially for agents that come out of a maybe a commercial shop that does not have auction services. Mm-hmm. You've just expanded their horizons. And, and not only commercial, but in residential uh, a, a lot of people want that shiny penny for their home, and the first thing they need to do is get rid of the clutter. Get rid of yes, stuff. Sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that's where you know some of our agents have came from because they like that we have that in-house auction team that can come in there, clean the house out, sell it for the seller, you know, give them some revenue on that end of it, but let um, we can control the whole process of timing of when that property goes on the market with when we get the stuff out. Yeah. Do you find like most auction companies are, are claiming today, it's it's getting more and more difficult to take the personal assets from a home sale if you're not getting to sell the real estate. Getting to sell the real estate is, is kind of paramount to the overall equation because it, it's just hard to make a dime anymore on uh, personal assets. Per, uh, per, small personal assets of a home, um, in the auction industry, industry now are a service. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like two guys in a truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is what it, it what it's came down to. And we we consult with our our clients and you know tell them twenty years ago uh, this would be a good payday for you. Now it's going to be a convenience for you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And our goal is not to have you write us a check. Our goal is to make all your personal property take care of the clean out and the disposal of your property so you don't have to write a check yeah um we deal a lot with the elderly on that and usually there's a lot of complications with that with you know just a lot of stuff has been what do you call it uh Deferred maintenance. Yes. Yeah. You know, Deferred maintenance. You're and, so nice. And, and, you know, and there's, there's family all throughout <laughs> the United States. So you're, you're kind of being their, their coach of mm-hmm. what to get rid of and what to do along with selling their property and selling their personal property all through. So there's a, you become kind of a general contractor. Yeah. When you do yeah. that end of it. It's well, another thing that's made it difficult is the information age and the access mm-hmm. to so much information. We used to go into a lot of homes where there was coin collections and gun collections and certain antiques, and those things are being removed before the auction company gets there today. They have already went on eBay or already went online and found out that guns and coins and certain types of antiques or collectibles are valuable. Said, well, we're not selling that. You know, we just... We want to sell. Uh, it's funny. I, I have to tell the story. I had a lady call uh, just not too long ago, and uh, she said, uh, "We already have my my son's moving into the home. You know, so the home's not for sale. But uh, you know, my mother had some really quality stuff, and and I said, "Well, tell me what kind of items that she had. You know, I don't. I mean, she may say, "Well, she was a car collector, and she has twenty five vintage cars out yeah, in the garage. Yeah. I want you know. So tell me what she has and." Um, and it, she said, well, you know, she had some antique furniture and, uh, she kept referring to, she kept referring to this, this table 
Um, and she said, it's a, a Duncan Hines table. <laughs> and I said, a Duncan Hines table. And uh, she said, yes. And I said, well, uh, she said, Do you, are you familiar with that? And I said, I am not uh, familiar with Duncan Hines tables. And she goes, well, that's just, you know, the style of it, the, the period and the style. And what she had meant was Duncan Five. Right. Yeah. But to make it even more interesting is the table. I said, could you send me a picture of it? And where the, I think it was maybe a joke with her at one time, and she didn't catch on because it was one of those, you know, on the edge where it's sculpted on the edge. They call them pie crust tables. Mm-hmm. She was calling this a Duncan Hines table. And it was <laughs> it was just a double drop uh, Duncan Fife, yep. you know, drop table. But uh, instead, we got a big kick out of that, you know. And I said, well, I said, Duncan Hines is, is more of a cake company yeah. than a pie company. Is that kind so of like Ethan uh, Frank? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But as you go back to, you know, let's, let's keep talking about the agents because this is going to be important for people listening to this podcast. Um, quality over quantity. Absolutely. And I can tell you as a 30-year veteran broker sitting across the table from you right now, I am fully on board with that statement also. Is you, you can have 30 agents out there, but the reality is three of them is probably going to do all the work. So look for quality. And, and once you find that quality it's you have to provide them with the tools yeah and the resources you want to preserve the quality and a lot of people that's their biggest hurdle as brokers and owners is they have a fear of not being able to do that for the people Mm -hmm. yeah um and that goes back to having certain procedures and systems put in place so when those people come in, they're plugged in and in the learning process immediately Yeah. of what your company is. Um, I got five agents down here for the United Power, and um, they went through the Midwest Lifestyle, you know. Um, company training. Company, company training yeah. systems and all that other stuff. Now they're here to piggyback on, what United Country taking the franchise yeah. training, taking the, yeah. taking the mm-hmm. franchise training, but all that is you have to know who you're selling for. Also, yes, sir. It's your own business, but you have to teach them on who they're selling for. If they're just going in there and using their commission structure, their um, what they've done in the past, that's great. And I mean, the top performers are still going to perform on that. But if you give them all the tools inside the franchise, inside of your company, they're going to, they came to you to make more money. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Yep. And you have to help them structure their business for them to define those opportunities. So that's another thing we really dig into, find different opportunities, whether it's develop teams, whether it's uh, how they present their properties, uh, what sites they go on, quicker to, you know, list to close. Those are all the things we work on with the agents because once you get them, you have to retain them. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, most people that have been around the block a few times would tell you you can't, you can't tell when you're approaching somebody or you're starting to engage somebody who's going to make it and who's not. It's just, it's, it's very difficult. Now, there's horses that can run, and they have a proven track record. So you already know they can run. But um, a, a person just quits a job after. And, you know, I, I would maybe be an example. Here's where I would insert my, my own experience, my own history, is I left a job after 10 years, and I got in the auction business. Uh, I asked a gentleman for a job at his auction company, which was the largest company in the area, northwest Oklahoma at the time. And I, I said, listen, I don't know anything about real estate. I'm a good bid-calling auctioneer, but that's about all I'm bringing to the table right now other than work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I said, I'll, I'll be the first person in and the last person out every day. I have no problem with that. I want to learn the business. I want to work. And then I lived up to that, and the business has treated me very well. But I will tell you from his eyes, he had no idea whether that's fact or fiction, what I'm telling it yeah. to him. So, um I think you have to do exactly what Travis said. You have to have the process in place, the training, 
Um, you have to build the infrastructure and the support system for those people. And then the cream will rise to the top. Mm-hmm. Right? A- absolutely. And when you get those, when those people, those agents come to your team, they, they have just disrupted their business. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of emotions. Uh, for you, the existing agents for, that had a business yeah, coming over. Yeah. Yes, it's, yes. Uh, when they come over, th- th- there's fears. There, there's fears to overcome, and uh, you just got to help them manage those fears and manage their business so they can continue to do what they were doing at a at and, in, then yeah, and then yeah. some, yeah, and then some. That um, that that's the biggest thing. It's uh, is and, it is it normal, Travis? If you see a a good performer that leaves one organization, let's say they come over to your office, to your organization, is it rational to think that their business will dip intermittently while the market just kind of figures out where they're at now? And or should it should it be a smooth transition most of the time? Or do you set the expectation? It's going to tighten up just initially for you while you get your band, uh, your your kind of your bands all wound up over here. But then you're going to hit it hard, right? We've we've had kind of both scenarios happen, um, and and a lot of it has been where the current market conditions have been in the you know the real estate market. Um, and I think if you help the agent when they come over with their marketing and the explanation of the company they work for and the marketing tools there really isn't much of a dip because sellers that they would have been working with or buyers are curious because you look at the nba uh the nfl Mm -hmm. quarterbacks and you know yeah yeah franchise players they move Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, they want more. They want titles. They want they want a better opportunity. Better yeah. opportunity. Yep. But you look at the fan base of those people. They could be Laker fans this week, and next week their star player goes to the Mavericks, mm-hmm. and now they're a Mavericks fan. Yes, sir. Yeah. Same concept with agents in real estate, in my opinion. Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so you just gotta be there. Got to be prepared for that transition and have the infrastructure in place to help them just just smooth transition. And be the coach to let them feel welcome to the team and Mm -hmm. welcome to the community that they're serving. Well, you know something that it resonates with me, and and I you're saying it without just straight just saying it is. People do business. Sellers and buyers are doing business with the individual more so than the brand. Yes. The brand is the infrastructure and the support system. But if Trina hires an agent, she's not really hiring um, a a United Country or a a Keller Williams or Remax. She's hiring Jim or Sally. She's hiring that person, and that's who she's putting her trust in. And then their job as the agent is to say, you know, if they ask about, why'd you make this transition? To provide you a higher level of service. Correct. Let me tell you what I can do for you now that I couldn't yeah. do for you yesterday. And that's part of that coaching and uh, onboarding process to get them knowing everything out of the gate. We're going to uh, we're gonna hear from our sponsors. We'll slip away for a minute. When we come back, I want you to be thinking about this. So you find a powerhouse agent. Find a good agent. And now you're going to have your meeting with them. And they're going to start quizzing you. Well, why would I come over to your organization? I want you to answer that question when we come back. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? unitedcountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to unitedcountry.com and find your freedom. 
Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com. The way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. Before we slipped away for the break, we were asking Travis... If you find an agent, if you find a quality agent, how what's important to them in the conversation? How do you pitch to them, and and what uh, what do you know that you may be faced with that you're going to need to address in that conversation? Because you've got a number of powerful agents that have joined your team. I'm sure there's some consistencies in what's important to them. I would say the biggest consistency is always wanting more. Mm-hmm. Wanting more, just more deals and uh, more exposure. Uh, not even, I mean, yes, everybody wants more money, but that that is, let's say, you know, a commission check is the fruit of a good job done. Right. So they want the tools and the exposure to be able to get to that commission check day more frequently and maybe get bigger deals put together because of it. And, uh, but I think the biggest thing that's common with agents that are top performers, um, that are looking to go other places is they want that support Mm -hmm. and somebody to talk to, to help them negotiate through the big deals. Um, and that, that's put aside marketing and all that other stuff. They're looking for that broker supervisor to help them when they get a lead on a big deal to help strategize with the marketing and strategize with the position to take in the negotiations with the listing. Okay. And um, big firms with hundreds of agents, the broker, the brokers that are in charge don't have the capacity (laughs) to do that. So by finding the right agents that, you know, fit the family, work, you know, work, work good with the team. And uh, they just want you there when they need you. They want your support. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'm involved in a lot of transactions before they even go to the listing. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this? What What are some pitfalls that might come out? Because... I look at that, too. I mean, the the brokers we have in other states, I want to know what's going on with those guys, how they're doing things differently, because we'll implement it throughout the whole system. Mm -hmm. And uh, those are the things that help land top performers of knowing how to negotiate and help them navigate through deals. Okay. Yeah. Because you get to a point as a production agent – that you don't want to ask anybody else. But, and if you ask a broker and try to get to your broker and, you know, they never get back to you. I think that's the problem that we have with some of the agents mm-hmm. that have come over is the brokers in a lot of these large agent count brokerages, they don't have the time to get involved in the deals and to answer those Each questions. Agent. And they said, listen, you're, you're, you're paying a license fee, your license on the wall. I got 300 agents in here, you know, just figure it out You know, yeah. talk to the other agents. Yeah. The broker stays removed. So when you get into a brokerage, you know, like these United country offices, the average 
agent counts, five to seven agents in those. The broker has some time. They can yeah. sit down and process deals with you, go out and, you know, with newer list uh, listing agents, it's not uncommon for the broker to go with you to the listing presentation and pitch the deal, pitch the company. And that's what I did when I started out. Uh, the guy back in Oklahoma that was training me in this business would go out and he actually would carry 60, 70% of the conversation with the client. And I would kind of sit back and take notes, you know, for the first year or two. But he was training me to become a better listing agent by doing that. And a lot of the things that um, top performer agents are, they're, they're in a niche, whether it is just residential homes, whether it's land, whether it's commercial, they're in that niche and they're working hard and making money. But there's a lot of money that they're missing. They're just not outside used to looking of, around outside for it, yeah. of that niche yeah. because they don't know how to relate outside that niche. If they have teammates and a broker that understand that niche and understand how to navigate that indirectly puts more money in their pocket because they can go after those. I know what you're talking about. We've had that conversation before, but can you think of an example of that? Well, because um, if we can illustrate it on here, I think it'll I think it'll resonate with the audience. I think they'll make more sense where you're you're looking at a recreational. And I'm a you know you're a deer hunter and you're you're knee deep in deer hunting and you get that. But that property also has what next to it or on it that it's kind of out of my wheelhouse. But I know that our office serves that niche market. We we got a. I think it's 122 acres that we're working on right now with one of my new residential agents. And she told me, she goes, I would have never pursued this without having you available. After about three or four text, text messages, I had her talking to the, the potential seller with you know, certain things to ask for and mm -hmm. uh, get back so we could identify the range of price and potentially buyers that were in our back pocket for this to try to get them to list the property or go with us. And the confidence that gave that agent, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And basically they just recited what I told them to, but it, it just got them to the table yeah and now our next step is to hopefully get it listed but it gives that agent that is not in that niche the confidence and i mean i'll go and and i go in with them and help pitch them and uh work through them so the seller knows that their property and their asset is in good hands with the proper marketing team yeah versus just putting it on the MLS and letting it ride because there's a lot of things that can happen in a deal that you just got to ask the right questions. Yeah. Some yeah. people might not ever want to list anything because they don't want the exposure of a property being listed. That's where in a niche market, you have these buyers lined up that you can help your agents that are not in that niche market get to contract to close a lot quicker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Without having to go on market. It's just, Oh, Correct. we've got this pocket full of, of buyers over here. They might be interested in that. Let's see. Yeah. And a pocket full of listing. You got, yeah, yeah. you got that pocket yeah. listing, you know, it's like the, there are times where, where deals get put together and, and the listing agreement is almost an afterthought. It's a, I know somebody wanting to buy and somebody wanting to sell. And now I need to secure one of them in the transaction. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, we were out on a listing appointment with one of my seasoned agents, the two of us, and uh, the seller wanted to sell, but we had, I mean, there was just a little bit of resistance. And it, and the agent just asked him, why don't you want to list it all? And he goes, well, the 40 across the road, there's a potential of a windmill going on it. Uh, one yeah. of those wind generators, yeah, a wind, wind, tur yeah. wind turbine. Well, that changes the value of that 40 Yeah, down the road, but it doesn't change the value now because it's they don't not know, there. It's yeah. not it's, there yeah. yet. It's hard to spend potential. Yeah. yeah. So 
I said, well, we'll fix that. We'll just sell the 117 acres on the other side of the road, and when you ever want to sell the 40, we'll sell that for you. Mm-hmm. You can do that? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so that, but the agent asking the question, finding the, you know, the, we might not have done it if it had just been one of us there. We might not have got to that point. Yes, sir. Yeah. So having a broker or manager that can go with you to help, I mean, we, we were under contract for full price in two days. That's invaluable. That's in, very invaluable. It's, and um, people like brokers and top agents coming in on a deal together. Because they, they look at what they're paying in commission and going, I'm, I'm getting, getting two for one. I'm getting yeah. all this for yeah. this amount. Yeah, <laughs> they need to be reassured they're hiring a company and not just a person. Correct. Yeah. correct. You've got a yep. whole team that's going to help sell this property, and, and, and that's where the size that we keep our company with our brokers that can manage that and be able to not drop it, you know, drop everything to leave, but have availability in their schedule. Yes, sir. To be with these agents, just to, I mean, not even sell it, just to be the, I, I don't even know what it's called, uh, kind of the rock next to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, like, just give them the courage and uh, the, the seller, it gives them the reassurance yep. in the long run. Yeah. So. Let me run a couple of questions by mm-hmm. you. So, um, top agents. I'm a, I'm a broker. I, I want to start attracting more powerful listing agents, performing listing agents. Where do I look? Well, first of all, you look at who's doing the business out there. How do you find that? Well, the Internet's a good tool. Okay. Um, and if um, the agents that are doing the marketing out there, social media, uh, if you know, com- you know, competing offices you can search their website you can get their bio and you know figure out things about them and then from there you can start diving into the the stalking of them i guess yeah yeah it's a rifled approach you're targeting those people i mean you're learning your product to pitch to them it's uh no different than when you're going to a seller to Mm -hmm. list their property you go in and do some research ahead of time so you know what you're getting into. Yes, sir. Uh, because you could find out something that's terrible that they don't even know, that the seller, whether, you know, their their land really isn't 27 acres, it's 40 acres. Yeah. Well, the wrong person listing that could way undervalue it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, th- and those are the things that we look for is those kind of weird discrepancies yeah well you're a consultant right mm-hmm. you're you're going to bring information to them and besides yeah. just a solicitation i'm, I'm going to bring you a lot of information they're hiring a professional for a reason but if you're targeting those agents just to back up here mm-hmm. um mls mls okay it's- land websites third-party land websites is that a good place to kind of go in and say oh so-and-so's got you know 13 listings or 30 listings in here they're actually doing something land sites uh, social media groups Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, every state's got a land, you know, Missouri hunting land, Kansas yeah. hunting land. And who's posting in those? I mean, if people are posting in those third-party social media sites, third-party land sites, and doing it frequently, those are another huge... Keep seeing that same name pop up. There's a reason the, why. The, the, there's they're, a reason they're busy. Why. Yeah. All right. So now you've targeted them. Now you know that uh, old Jim or Jane over here is a pretty good listing agent. You're having your first meeting with them. I'm going to run through some questions. I don't know how to prioritize these, but I'm just going to ask you, um, not necessarily in order of importance, but is it important to the conversation? Professionalism and ethics. How, how important whenever you're meeting with an agent, do they quiz you about your office and professionalism and your ethics? Is that something that is is strong in the conversation or is it kind of a i take that for granted that you're a professional organization usually it's touched on a little bit but a lot of the agents that have came in whether they've been new agents that have never been in the business or seasoned agents have done a little research before they even get to um 
one of the things that comes up is, hey, I worked with another one of your agents, and why did they do this? They'll ask questions, and you just got to answer, this is how we do that, and this is why it was done. Yeah. Whether it's on how they compensate other brokers or anything like that. Sure, um, you sure. Know, it's, they have those questions, and it's not really ethics or anything. It's more... You're not doing, it's not the norm. It's not the norm. You're doing something different. different But you know, the great thing about that is they're opening the door more for education Mm -hmm. than they are to, um, to condemn you out there because you're doing something as let me tell you the reason we do that. And the education that comes from that can help correct a lot of those defects in the real estate profession. And and I think we, we talked about the other night at dinner is it's, agents think because of whoever they were with, if they're a seasoned agent, that this is the way the rest of the world works. Yeah, that's right. And when they see something different, they might think it's unlawful or unethical. Yeah. And and it's, and it's really not. I mean, that's kind of the biggest question that I've had came up. Why do your, you know, agents do it this way? Mm -hmm. And to them, it might be totally different than what they're used to. But if you understand how to present that to them, and once they see it, usually they understand they can make more money because of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another question. What about market knowledge? How important in that conversation with good agents is your market knowledge and in that same question, product knowledge? For the broker or the agent? For the agent. For so the, when the agent's coming in, I'm a new agent. I'm a. I'm a not a new agent. I'm in a an existing agent, and I'm doing well. I'm selling, you know, thirty forty million dollars a year, and you're after me right now, and I'm quizzing you about what's your market knowledge in hunting and recreational or development land. I sell a lot of that. You know how how uh, how good are you guys at that? Do you see that that's a big part of the conversation is is how good are you at what you do? That's um, a part of the conversation that usually comes with them selling themselves. And um, in your research that you've had before, usually you know that they have the market knowledge because if you're looking at what they're listing properties for, if they're way underpriced from what you think the price is, Maybe they maybe they don't have the market knowledge you, yeah. you but I think a lot of that happens, Sean, ahead of time. Okay. And you know that. It it indirectly comes through with them selling themselves to you on how they do their business. Okay. And that market knowledge comes to me in that conversation versus just talking about the market knowledge directly. Next question I'd have is we're interviewing those those high profile agents. Um, how often are they going to quiz you about how tech-savvy you are, your technology abilities out there? Do they want to know where you stand and what the platforms that you utilize look like, and are they proprietary? Um, that is a huge thing. Yeah. And a lot of the questions mm-hmm. I've had in the last, I would say, year, last year to two years is, are you willing to look at different marketing and technology techniques options. and yeah. options mm-hmm. absolutely i mean yeah bring bring it to the table and we'll vet it through and if it helps you it'll help everybody else mm-hmm. so I, that that's the biggest thing i think is are you improving and moving with technology or are you sitting back with your you know heels in the sand mm-hmm. let me ask you this then because you have a lot of high profile agents you you have uh, a stable of, of good quality agents have you ever ran into situations where they start pulling you in 30 different directions? Everybody's got a better mousetrap out there. Travis, you need to sign up for this. Well, you need to sign up for this. And pretty soon you're on 40 different technology platforms. Not. As, you see where I'm going with yeah, that? Is Yeah. A lot of it, I think offices and brokers can nip that in the butt out of the gate by showing them all that they have. Yeah. Okay. And because if you show all the tools we have in our MLP system and then United Country all together, 
that will suffice them for a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it should. If they'll, yeah. I mean, if they'll it, get right. in there and use them, right. they should. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and that's the age-old problem with agents is they, they come in and say, well, you know, I, um, I, I've got this CRM system. Have you used a CRM system that we have in front of you? Well, no, but I, you know, would you want to try this other? And I said, well, do this. Use the one that's being provided first because yeah. I think it works really, really well if I can yeah. get you on it. But sometimes they don't even make a concerted effort to try the technology that's being provided. They just want something different. Mm-hmm. We, we had a, an agent here that is really heavy in the CMAs and the place they came from before had, had a decent, really nice CMA that pulled nice and, you know, had a nice uh, finished product. And they're like, well, I kind of want something like that again. Well, we had it. We just had to uncover it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other one that they had was a PDF-based, or you printed it off. Okay. The one we have is live. Like, it's all interactive. And if there's price changes or solds that are in, it, it it'll actually change that model of that CMA as time goes on. So you don't have to re continue to create it on a property. If somebody waits another three or four months and you go in there and just update it. Um, and, and that was a quick, easy fix. But once it was brought, I was like, yeah, we got We got to figure that out. And yep. I mean, we had yeah. it. We just need to turn it on. Nobody yeah. was using yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I look at every single one of them, and sometimes I just go, this is the problem with it. Yeah. Or, yes, that's great, but I only see two people using it. So, we'll Or think- for this one project, that'd be amazing or, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah, so it's uh, technology is great, but you have to explain your technology better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're selling a mousetrap that, they potentially want to step into sure show them every every inch of the mousetrap yeah yeah it's just it's difficult to get people to conditioned it's yeah. about developing habits and and get them conditioned to using it over and over and now it they've got it woven into their daily activities and they it would be too much trouble to leave it mm-hmm. you know and that's that's where you start capturing that attention and you get them kind of married to the system yeah, it's just like trying food for the first time. Yeah, well, I've, I've done a lot of that. Yeah. As you can tell, I've, I'm not afraid to try food. Let's talk about the biggie right now, commission. So, obviously, if they're, uh, if they're leapfrogging, um, you know, or moving from companies, they believe that somehow they can make more money with you. Now, there's a direct way to make in more money is if I do the exact same production, but I get a bigger cut of it, I've made more money. Yeah. But there's another way of making money, and that is moving somebody from $20 million a year to $30 million a year and gross sales, even at the same ratio, the same split and everything, you've made more money. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how do you address that when somebody comes in and kind of wants to throttle you just a little bit on their commission rate instead of, uh, I don't know, you know, a 70% agent, they need to be 95% of the commission. And it's like, well, that's not leaving much meat on the bone for me to service you. Mm-hmm. It comes back to those tools and, and marketing and uh, the broker being there for um, you're giving them more value out of the gate that they're indirectly paying for yeah. a, as an agent yeah, uh, with, with splits and everything like that. So you show more value there, but you also show the value where they can hold their commission structure with sellers and not having to give that up is the biggest thing that uh, they go in there more confident and knowing their value and not giving up the easiest thing there is to give up the money. Yeah. Is the yeah. money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, those are the biggest things that we work on and that we've seen our agents overcome with that. Okay. 
I got, I, you're doing a great job. I got two more though. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm blasting <laughs> yeah. you because we're, we're going to, we're going to absorb as much as you're willing to give us right now. Training and development. How important in the conversation is training to them, to, to me as an agent talking to you right now? Am I going to quiz you quite a bit about training or do I feel like I'm, I'm already trained? Training doesn't come up as much as them wanting support. Yeah. Okay. And that support being admin support. But once they start going through your training, they understand how it helps their value proposition. Okay. Yeah. So indirectly with a top performer, training isn't the biggest thing. It's how you can help them have more time for their business with admin support, broker support, and, and that end of it. And that's all part of the training that they really don't know about. They don't understand yeah. they need correct, it. Correct, yeah, correct. It's, and as they take it, it answers a lot of questions. It answers and, a lot of questions on how the systems work and how they can use the system to better advantage. help yeah. their time management, which gets them more opportunity to make more money. Do you make the training mandatory for mm -hmm. top performers? Yep, everybody goes through it. So. Okay. So regardless of if you're going to join our team, you have to go to the initial training. What about follow-ups, follow-up training? We do once a month. Uh, we do a company-wide, you know, Zoom training. Um, we have a full-time um, coach now. Okay. That uh, is on board for, we have it busted up into two segments. We have the mastermind segment where it's more seasoned agents and they're bouncing things off of them and kind of not competing, but you know, saying, sharing, well, you know, I, I got a $2 million. Well, I got a $3 million deal. You know, it's just, kind yeah. Of, yeah. you know, it gives them yeah. a little bit of jabbing. And then um, the inexperienced or newbies or the people that need a little bit more touch, we have a 12 week system that they go through. And if they're working on a deal, they can call the coach, they can call us and help them, establish their business uh first of all they f work with their business plan and uh how they're going to get there we review their business plans um throughout the year and we make those mandatory so we can help them so the the, the training is is huge and then we have we have regional training for united country and the usually the day following that we have our whole company wide uh one so they get double training back to back yeah. so very good two day training instead two of day, the one yeah, yeah. So. do you get a lot of pushback like have you ever had to deal with somebody that's like no i'm not coming to your training oh, yeah. or okay <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah i mean you're just like oh no it's mandatory or or nothing so what's the or part of of your strategy every ev everything we have is recorded uh, so they can come back later and, and yeah. watch it. I mean, it's not what is ideal, yeah, but it still gets them the content that we delivered. Yes, yeah. sir. Um, yeah. and, and if they're not doing that, because we ha we send it to them, we understand when they open it and mm -hmm. view it and yeah. everything like that. It's it's just checks and balances because I know of be from becoming an agent. You need help. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you don't ask for help because you're at a certain pinnacle that, ah, I don't need it. I mean, it just happens and things like that. It's, I mean, sitting in training this week, I've picked up some things, and I, I know some um, seasoned agents and brokers in the United Country that are like, geez, I, I, that's going to be great for my business now. Mm -hmm. It's Real estate is changing so much. If you're not doing training for that end of it, I mean, besides your, you know, your CE and all that other stuff, it's mm -hmm. training. You owe it to your client for training. Yeah. Not yourself, not your brokerage, your client. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, a, a big part of the training is you want to further the ball. You want to become more proficient. Um, I, I've never went to a training event where I could honestly say I learned absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it wasn't about the training, but something I picked up out in the hall from somebody, but I, I learned something just intermingling with people. The other half of it is the, the t being a team player. Yeah. You know, it's that team environment, and, and you need to get that buy-in from people that they're part of a group, 
Mm-hmm. You're wearing logo to per- apparel in here, and they they need to be proud of that logo to apparel and and part of that team. And and I I think that there's certain things in life that just motivate you, you know, to to be bigger and and to work harder and to be part of something larger. And and that's those training opportunities are a great place for them to come back in and recharge. Yeah, it's uh, each training that myself or agents go to, usually they come out of there with a contact with another agent mm-hmm. that they they get a referral already started with. Yes, yeah. sir. It, yeah. It's, yeah. Or, you know, it's like one of my agents here is talking to everybody that is in a neighboring state to him because he has an investor that's buying in multiple states. Mm-hmm. So he wants to find the right person to be able to do business with. And when you're at a convention, you're at a training in person, you can look that person in the eye and know who you are sending that referral to every time. Yeah. That, to me, is better than going on the Internet and finding out who does the most business in that area. Yeah. Yep, it's, uh, yep for so, sure. I mean, going and putting the time into it is invaluable. Travis, this is great content. Um, anybody that's listening out there, if you're a real estate broker, you're looking for agents, you should be looking for top-tier agents. Trust me, it, uh, and, and what Travis is saying is, is resonating with us in here. Um, it's a lot less headaches and a lot less hassle to get a horse that can run mm-hmm. versus one that uh, you just you have to keep feeding in the barn all the time. So make sure and go out and look for proven players, and we appreciate all of your knowledge you're, you're a wealth of knowledge and uh, you're, you're a proven guy. You know, it's, uh, it's not, this is not just folklore in here. Whenever he's talking, he's a guy that put this to work. The tales of Travis. To Tales of Travis Homley. Yeah, get the book. Yeah. But he actually put this stuff to work. You're in how many states five now? States. He's in five states, uh, home basing out of Portage, Wisconsin. Look up United Country. Midwest Lifestyle Properties, Travis Homley, um, very generous. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. And ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, great content. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next time inside the sale ring. Thank you for joining us for today's show. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesalering.com now. We appreciate your feedback and encourage you to share the show with other industry pros like yourself. Join us next time as we meet you inside The Sale Ring.